Pastor Jared, it is great to be with you. Thanks for joining us today. Well, I get the pleasure to kick off this new series. It's a five-week series, and it's called Spiritual Warfare. Now, I want to start with this question. When you see that title of this series, what are you thinking? Because depending on how long you've been coming to church or your upbringing, you might have grown up in the church, and you kind of know some details about what this term means, spiritual warfare, and you're like, yes, let's get to battle here. This is going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about some, you know, possibly some weird, crazy things in Scripture. Like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the devil. Let's talk about the demons. And some of you, after I said that, are like, whoa, wait, that's not what I thought when I saw this. What kind of church am I attending? Well, you need to know, this isn't my opinion. This isn't Alpine's opinion. Core value number one is we're going to look to God and his, and his word and all that we do. And actually, there is a lot of scripture about spiritual warfare. And it's important for us to understand that. And so in this next five-week series, for many, it's going to be bringing awareness It might be raising things that maybe you're not thinking of that might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. God does amazing things when we're put in a position of uncomfort. Matter of fact, many pastors, and I remember being told this, if it's uncomfortable, step into it. That's what God wants you to do. And here's this series' big idea. Spiritual warfare involves both everyday life and otherworldly battles. And so it's both. It's not an and or. It's both of these things. Today we're really going to kind of try to understand how everyday life is a spiritual battle for everyone. No one is exempt from this. But it also includes the other worldly battles. You know, when Satan challenged God and wanted to be worshipped himself, he was banished and he took a third of the angels with him. And that is... The devil and his army now are here amongst this earth. And so there are these other worldly battles. It's called the spiritual realm. And some of that is going to be saying, but the spiritual realm is not limited to just Satan. It's also God. But there's that, some of those things that we call kind of in the unseen world that are happening. And we're going to dive into that. But we do have a verse that's really going to help establish a good understanding of spiritual warfare. And Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And here's what it says. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And so here's the next three lessons right here. Tonight, we're going to be kind of given a 30,000 foot kind of scope, just a general details about spiritual warfare. Next week, week two, we're going to really talk about the world. Week three, we're going to talk about the flesh. Week four, we're going to talk about the devil and really dig into those topics. And then week five is how we have victory that we put on the armor of God. So we're going to go through these. But today, I just kind of want to touch on these. And it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. This is a danger zone. 
is being on this course, the course that follows the world. And I need to say this, it's always been, since the beginning of creation, we're not really talking about the globe, the earth, the planet. What we're talking about is where the culture and most of people in humanity and what are the things that they are following, they are following the course of the world. Meaning when we are born into this world, we are naturally not following God. Matter of fact, because of our sin, and we've talked about this in our last series, we're separated from God. So the path, the course that we are all on, that we were all once dead in the trespasses, is the course of the world. And the course of the world has always been at opposition with God's truth. So if you want to define like this, the world has a truth and God has a truth. And they are at opposition with one another. So let's just talk about the basics of the world, not to give away anything from next week. But humanity, when we're born into this world, we're taught that life is about us when we're on the course of the world. Meaning, follow your heart. That's a popular worldly statement that a lot of people say, well, what's wrong with that? You know, do what makes you happy. You know, there's this phrase, you be you. That's a very worldly statement. And that's the course of the world. Now, let's look at what God says. God says we are separated from him and we need a savior. A savior that's going to bring us a new life. A Savior that, and a God that says, life is not about you. Understanding you, you be you, is what got you in this mess of needing a Savior. But now come to me, surrender your life to me. Don't follow your heart, follow my path that leads to victory and an eternal life. Our next t-shirt should say something like, don't be you, be Christ-like. I'm a little surprised. I didn't even get one amen in this, this first service. <laughs> Maybe it's a little too much in your face. But this is, this is my point in this, this, the setup of this, that people are born into this world, and the message in the course of this world says this life is all about you. It's all about you. You do what you do. You do what makes you happy. You follow your heart. You don't need a God. God's going to ask you to change, and that's true. He demands change from all of us, but it's necessary. That is the difference here. There's God's truth, there's God's path, and then there's the course of the world. And again, next week, we're going to talk more about that. Now, the flesh. This is kind of one of those understandings that we're going to experience spiritual warfare against the world, but now as Paul is getting more into the details about us, I think many people at times think, okay, well, I can kind of distance myself from the world. I can kind of distance myself from the course of the world. And that is true. You know, you can watch some of those shows building off the grid. There's something appealing about that. Getting away from all of the noise and all of the course of the world that's guiding people. But at the same time, you might be able to get, distance yourself from the world, but wherever you go, your flesh goes. And what Paul is getting at here is we are going to be in spiritual warfare with ourselves, with our own flesh because of the passions and the desires, the things that we carry out. That's that sinful nature. Paul talks about it as those bad habits in our lives. 
but those are some of the desires that we seek. And willingness go into some of those passions of the flesh. And because of that, because none of us are perfect, look, Paul says, God, why do I do the things I don't want to do? If the Apostle Paul struggled with this, we are going to struggle with this. And we should be asking, God, why do I do the things I don't want to do? Why? Because we're not perfect. We will experience perfection in the eternal life. But as long as we're in this broken world, this world where we are at spiritual war with the world and spiritual war with our flesh, we're going to make mistakes. But as followers of Christ, he says, have a heart of repentance, want to change. Look into my word. Find out what pleases me and put it into action. That's why it's so important to understand God's truth. God's truth helps and guides us through life, and that's what we need to combat the world's message. That's what we need to challenge our desires that we enter into. We need God's truth. And so then in week four, we're going to be looking at the devil. First things first, he's real. A lot of people want to minimize the devil. He's just not some little funny red character with a pitchfork on a cartoon but he is real. And we see he has power. He says, following the prince of the power of the air, that's talking about Satan, that there is a certain amount of authority. He does not even come close to the authority of God, which we will come back to and touch on more. But he does have power. And he has an army helping him. Now again, this isn't to put anyone you know, in fear, but to have a healthy understanding of this is very important. In John 10.10, 10, it talks about the purpose. Jesus' words himself, he says, the thief, he's talking about the devil, has come to seek and kill and destroy. That's the devil. And so we are going to be at spiritual warfare with the devil. Now, let me just put a little bit of comfort here. Yes, the course of the world has many people on it. It always has. It always will. But if you look back at all the scripture and all the readings of the Bible, people always went the world's course. You know, and you start to read when Jesus came, and you're like, man, if anyone, if anyone would have been able to receive Jesus in his coming, his first coming, when he came to the earth to die for our sins, if anyone would have got that, it would have been the religious people. Those are the people he butted heads with the most. And so you can just see throughout history and time that more people, more and more people are always following the course of the world. There's some truth about some scriptures that there's more people on that path than the path to the heavenly gates, to the path to God. And that should stir up some stuff in our hearts as we're getting here because the devil is impacting the world. We said, really, the world's truth, it's really the devil's truth. That's what the course of the world is. And he works to have people on that path. And so maybe you grew up and, you know, you watched some movies, and I can remember when I was young, The Exorcist came out. And I can just remember being a little bit blown away, even though it was very bad. If you watch it today, you're like, man, watch this girl's head spin around and around and around. And then you come to find out through the documentary, she throws a pea soup all over the room. And you're like, that's, that's my understanding of spiritual warfare. Or, as I got 
to be a father. My kids started growing up. They love watching scary movies. And one of the series that really, I was like, uh-oh, I think the devil is going to be working in this because these are really scary and they're really good, but they're not accurate. That's the Paranormal Activity movies. Now, my son Jared's five years older than the middle child and seven, so he's big brother. But I had to go into the little, my, my youngest and my middle son, Jaden and Jordan, and I was like, look, these movies are displaying that the demons have all the power. They have all this power. But you need to understand, they don't have power over God, and they don't have power over Christians. They can influence, but you have the power of God in you. And I said, here's what you say. Satan, be gone. Demons, be gone. Just as Jesus did in Scripture, and they have to listen because they are up against God because God dwells in us. So one night, I'm upstairs. I hear my youngest over by his closet. Satan, be gone! <laughs> and so I think this is going to be good. This is going to be good for us. But that's the impact that the devil can have. But what we are really going to be looking at today is the principles of warfare. And here's the first thing. Spiritual warfare uses footholds to establish strongholds. Now, I'm going to focus more on the devil's footholds and strongholds. There's godly footholds and strongholds, and we're going to talk a lot more about that in week five. So there's both. But really, what Satan wants to do is he wants to get his foot in the door. That's the foothold. And so for us to understand this definition, let's look at the Bible commentary, the Oxford Dictionary. Here's what a foothold is, a secure position from which further progress may be made. So again, the devil's using this, but there are godly footholds. And here's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get his foot in the door so that no more progress can be made on your behalf. He wants to get a hold of you in your life. And we need to just understand some of these important details. But here is a good example in Scripture, in Ephesians. I know a lot of people look at this who are married. In Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, it says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So here's what we can see. The devil is going to attack your marriage. And how often are you mad at your spouse? <laughs> My wife's sitting right here. I, I think daily there's, there's this frustration somehow, right? Or maybe we can go maybe a day without it. But the truth is, if you allow that, that anger to cause division on our parts, meaning continuing to hold on to that anger what it does is it eventually is going to turn into the next thing, which is the stronghold. So Satan gets his foot in the door. He uses anger. It's between kids and parents. It's between brothers. It's between siblings. But it's a great picture of really how the devil works. And what he wants to do is that division. That's why God's word says don't let the night go down and remain angry, reconcile, because anger causes division. And if you allow that division to remain in relationships, there's no opportunity for reconciliation. And that leaves the door open for now Satan to step in and get a strong foothold on your life that leads to a stronghold. And I just want you to think through all the this last week and maybe this upcoming week, I think it's going to be good to, to challenge us. Uh, 
You know, how are we doing in our relationships? Where are there opportunities that you are opening the door, allowing Satan to get a foothold in whatever you're dealing with? What I mean by that is there's relationships that exist. If Maybe there's something that needs to be reconciled there, that he's got a foothold. This is where he wants to destroy us as believers. He can't kill us. We have the living God, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. But he wants to destroy our relationships. He's at work. He's got an army. And we are going to experience spiritual worship in our everyday lives. It's just not these movies that we see in this spiritual realm. That is a piece of it. And we'll get to more of that when we go through week four about the devil. But it's everyday lives. It's everyday relationships. You are going to experience spiritual worship in your workplace. Why? Because there's relationships there. What does the devil want to do? He wants to destroy those relationships. Your kids, our kids, our grandchildren, they are going to experience spiritual warfare daily. They're going back to school. They are going to be challenged. There's, there's the world's truth. There's the things that teachers are going to have to teach that contradict God's truth. That's just the way it's become. That's the way it is. Even in, I will say this, even in a religious type school that is focused on God, there are still going to be details because there are churches that have wavered from God's truth. And just understanding your child is not protected from spiritual warfare. It's the exact opposite. They are going to experience it. And it's every day life. And understanding the devil's approach is getting a foot in the door so that door can open and then it can lead to a stronghold. And a stronghold, defined by the Oxford Dictionary, is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. Satan gets his foot in the door. He can use a conversation. He can use an argument. And then what he wants to do is he wants to put gates around you so that now you are on the inside and now he has a stronghold and you can't get out of it. What are the things that the devil is telling you? Hey, you're not hurting anyone else. You're not hurting any other person in your life. Go ahead, you can do this. Go ahead. Go ahead, you can look at that. It's okay. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Go ahead. You be you. It's okay. Those are the, the voices of Satan as he is trying to get footholds, get that door open, and then we get wrapped up in these things that we shouldn't be doing. We get wrapped up in these things that we shouldn't be looking at. And now he's got a stronghold on our lives, and there's a perimeter around us, and we're in the middle, and we are somewhat hopeless. And that's why it's going to be so important to know godly footholds and godly strongholds. But this is where I think it's good for us to be challenged. Where are the areas in your life that the devil is influencing you and you might be losing and you need to be aware it is a battle and it's time to put on the armor of God and get to work? That'll be week five. So that's the devil's Desire, that's how he works. And now let's look at the second principle. 
Spiritual warfare is a battle waged most often in our minds. It's up here. So as we're going to battle, it's so important that we understand it's in our minds. That's why we need to know God's truth. And let's look to God's truth. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. He's talking like this military attack. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Paul's talking about this spiritual warfare that's happening and he's saying, it's up here, it's in our minds, but I don't want you guys to be passive, like, oh, it's just something in thoughts. It's Look at the action words that Paul is giving us. We need to knock down. We need to destroy we need, again, to destroy every proud obstacle. We capture their rebellious thoughts. And then we teach them. So it's talking about the people on the course of the world. We capture their rebellious thoughts, these thoughts that lead them far from God, that are the course of the world. And he says, and then we have to teach them to obey Christ. That's how we're going to have victory here as we are impacted by the devil and he's working through our mind. Let's go back to the very first time in Scripture that we really see a spiritual warfare going on. It's Adam and Eve. It was the first humans. Now, we're Adam and Eve in the story. And we're going to pick on them a little bit, but we're also picking on us because we're not perfect. So what did Satan do? He came to Eve and he said, God surely didn't say that you could eat from any of the trees in the garden. And she said, no. No, he didn't say that. He said, we couldn't eat from any of these trees. Just don't eat from the one in the middle. His foothold's in there. He asked her a question. She replied, his foot is in the door. That's how simple this is with the devil. And he's got a foothold. And the next statement leads to a stronghold. He says, oh, this is amazing fruit. And if you eat it, you will be like God, knowing good from evil. And right there, he said those words. It says she was convinced. Now he's got a stronghold. Sin entered the world. He got her doubting God, what God said. She actually went to memory, because I'm going to come back to that, because memory is good. She actually went to memory and said, no, he didn't say it like that. This is what he said. And then the devil again lied. He is the father of lies. And it created turmoil in her mind. And that's when sin entered the world. His strategy is the same today. He's going to impact our children in that same way. He's going to attack our kids and say, no, all the kids are doing TikTok. There's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead. Look at that. Everyone's doing it. Watch these things that aren't good for you, but it's okay. It's okay. He starts to cause confusion and doubt in the mind, just like Adam and Eve. And today, we have the fullness 
of God's word. And what really sent Eve over the top is that the statement she could be like God. We cannot be like God. God is a holy God. He is separate from us. He is separate. He's set apart because of his holiness. He does not sin. We are sinners. That should have been her response. But there was something appealing about being like God that she fell for the lives of Satan and now she's in this stronghold. And that's the same strategy for us here today. There are going to be things told to us, our feelings and our actions as we're living throughout the day. We're tugged here, we're tugged here. Also, we have our flesh that also is challenging us. So we're up against our flesh, we're up against Satan. And what are, what are we going to do? That's why it's so important to turn to God's word to see what God's word has to say when we have these false or these lies that are presented to us from the world. Now, I don't want you to leave here just beaten up. I don't want you to leave through these doors, get to the front doors, and go, okay, there's, there's bushes on these sides, and we're looking for demons behind every bush on the way home. That's not, what, that's not the, the course of this. We were talking about the minds. I think it's good to take inventory. Where are the things this last week we felt as we go into a new week to be on guard? Where's the influences coming from? How are we being challenged? And just take inventory. Now, again, this is going to be challenging for us because we're not perfect, and this could open some doors for some good time of prayer. But here's the victory. This third point. Spiritual warfare is ongoing, but it's already won in Christ. Amen. Amen. The war is over, even though battles continue on. The war is over. Jesus, when he went to the cross, he defeated sin, he defeated death. That was his triumphal achievement right then and there. The demons were beaten. Satan was beaten. The war is one. We don't have to sit here and go, ooh, I wonder who's going to win. Is the devil going to win over me? No. But he's going to battle you. He can't kill you, but what he wants to do is destroy you. And the way he can do that is through relationships. And the way he does that is entering through the mind, creating doubt. He wants you in that sinful state. And he's going to do everything he can to get you in that sinful desire of feeding the flesh, those desires that we are weak. He knows our weaknesses, and he's going to pursue it. For some of you, it might be gossip. He's going to say, continue to talk. He's going to put that in you so that you are ready and willing to, not, to gossip the minute that opportunity comes up. That's how the devil works. We are in spiritual warfare every day of our lives. But... This next verse, sorry, I was looking at the next slide. Ephesians 1, again, Paul writes this, verse 21 and 22. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. He is El Jefe. He is the boss. There is no one higher than Jesus, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of of us, the church. Amen. The war is won. But until the end comes, that's going to be his second coming, we're going to be in a battle. There's still battles going on. 
And one of the battles that I want us to leave here is thinking of our own battles, our own temptations, our own times when Satan is putting doubt in our minds, but also remembering the amount of people that are on the course of the world that are dead. That's how scripture says it, and they're going the wrong direction. So we can see in culture there's things wrong, but we did a series, Culture Wars, not too long ago. It's not the people that are our enemy. It's the devil who's the enemy. And so we need to kind of see past that sin so that we have an opportunity to reach out to them. I'm grateful that there was people in my lives years ago that thought enough of me to say, you know what, you need to understand the truth about God. And they were willing to start planting those seeds in my life. I'm grateful that I had people in my life that would do that. And so, yes, this is a, a great opportunity to look at spiritual warfare, but not to minimize the opportunity that we are living in a state that many people need to know God. And they're on that course, that course that's leading them to the world away from God. But understand this as you leave here today. Yes, we're going to get into more of this. I hope you've come to all five weeks of this series. It's going to be really beneficial to understand these details. But Jesus, he loves you. He demonstrated that love. He came for you and died on that cross. And at that moment, victory is his. The angels and the demons and the devil are a part of what God created. But he is the creator. He has all the authority. And ultimately, he has victory. And victory for those who put their, put their faith and trust in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for you. We're grateful that as we look at some of our weaknesses and the challenges that lie before us, Lord, that we can turn to you. And we see that because of who you are and the life that you offer, and for those who receive, Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful for the life that you gave me. But now we are victorious. We can walk through life with confidence knowing knowing that we're under your authority, knowing that, knowing that we're going to inherit the eternal blessings that come for those who put their faith and trust in you. Jesus, we can walk in confidence with that and know that we're going to have victory. Even the devil knows that. Even the demons know that. That's why they tremble from you, Jesus. Movies like to portray that they have all the power. They don't. They have to do what you command them to do. They know that because you are their authority. And Lord, I pray that that would give us some sense of comfort as we are going to be challenged in these coming weeks of looking at the weaknesses, looking at the things that we fall prey to. And we all have areas in our life that we fall prey to, Lord. And this is one of these opportunities that you would awaken us in that. And that we would focus on you to bring us deliverance from that. Because you are an amazing God. And so this, this last song, Lord, as we close here, may we just reflect on you and your goodness and your love for us. And that you just didn't leave us here saying, hey, good luck. Good luck with putting up with the dark forces. Good luck with dealing with your own flesh. But you say, oh, I want to walk with you every step of your life. Seek me. And I pray that that would be our hearts, that we would seek you, that we would depend on you, that as we leave from here, we're walking with you, looking to you and looking to your truth, 
one of the ways that we can show our love to you, to put our love into action, is to obey your commandments, Jesus. And before we can obey them, we have to know them. And so I pray for us to be thirsty to get into your word, to really understand your truth and really your desires for how we are to live our lives. I'm grateful and thankful that you equipped us, that you gave us the resources, and then you gave us yourself, Lord. Through the Holy Spirit, the power of God dwells in us, that we have everything we need for life. Yes, we're not perfect, but we have everything we need, not because of who we are, but because of you, who you are, we can overcome anything, Lord, any struggle, any sin, because not of us, but because of you. And I pray that would happen this week, Lord, that you would give victory to the lives that are here, the hearers that are hearing this message, your message, God's word, and that they would experience victory in whatever weakness, whatever struggle that they're facing in, in this coming week, Lord, that you would come alongside them and say, follow me. We love you. We thank you. We worship you. We praise you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.